We're in week three of our series called Twisted, where we've been talking about that we're, we're created in the image of God. That, that well, God says that, you know, I made man in his image. We're created in the image of God. We reflect his likeness. We've got some mirrors out in the atrium where one is just a regular mirror where we reflect back the image of God, that that's the way God made us. But what happens is because of sin, because of the enemy, because of just our poor choices, our selfishness, this image of God gets twisted. It gets twisted. It gets, it gets warped. Uh, it, it, is, it is distorted. And what is reflected back is really not the picture of who we want to be or who God wants us to be. And this is true of everybody. The, the scriptures say that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that we have this thing in our life that is really just twisted. And so we've spent the last couple of weeks, first week introducing it, last week just talking about areas of our life that are twisted that we may not even know. And last week we talked about pride, and I talked about the fact that I was, as I was studying for this message, I didn't like the fact that I realized I've got a pride issue. You may have all known that about me for a long time, but I did not know that. And, and I didn't like it because it's just a twisted part. Well, today, we're going to talk about greed. I know everybody's super excited. I feel like you guys are subdued today for some reason. You guys are usually my service. You know what I'm saying? You guys are usually the ones that I look forward to because you are engaged. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm counting on you today. Is everybody with me? Hey, thank you, Kimberly. Yes, thank you. I got Kimberly. All right. <laughs> Talking about greed. Now... Nobody thinks they're greedy. Do you think you're greedy? I guarantee you, you don't. I guarantee you, you've not spent any time thinking, you know, I've got an issue in my life and the issue is greed. Because we don't think like that. We think we're not greedy. And what we're going to look at today is that, man, our hearts can get twisted and we can be greedy and not even know it. Now, there's a story of these two brothers that were really greedy. They were really greedy, but they have a terrible reputation in the town that they lived in. Um, they owned a lot of property. They had rental houses and everything like that, and, and they, just, they just never would help anybody. They never would help anybody. They just had this terrible reputation. that They, they were just greedy, no good. Well, one of them died. One of the brothers died. And so the other brother goes to the preacher in the town, and he says, I want you to do my brother's funeral. And the preacher goes, okay, I'll help you any way I can. He goes, here's, but here's the deal. I want you to say that my brother was a saint. And the preacher said, I, you know, I, don't, I don't know if I can do that or not. He said, I'll pay you $20,000. He goes, I don't know. I'll pray about it. Well, anyway, he goes home and tells his wife. And his wife goes, you can't say that. You can't do that. You've got a reputation to uphold. And he goes, honey, I think I figured it out. I'm going to do it. So he calls the guy and goes, hey, I'll do the funeral. I'll say he's a saint. So he gets there. Not very many people there because nobody likes this guy. And he says, hey, we're here today to remember a saint. And everybody just gets real quiet. And he goes, the truth is, is that he's selfish. He's greedy. He's no good. But compared to his brother, he is a saint. <laughs> And greed's real easy to see in other people, isn't it? We can see greed so easy. Somebody's greedy, but we don't think that about ourselves. As a matter of fact, I found this survey, um, a survey by, I don't know this guy, but his name's Manfred Ketz DeVries, or DeVries, probably DeVries. 
And he did a survey, uh, a study on greed for the INSED Institute, a leadership institute, where he talked about this whole concept of greed, and he likened greed to an addiction. He said greed is an addiction as great as pornography or gambling, that it's this, 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 this thing that is inside of all of us. And he listed some, some, some signs that you're greedy. I listed signs last week about um, being prideful, but he listed signs that you're greedy. And uh, the first is that you're overly self-centered, that you think about yourself a lot, overly Overly self-centered. That you're envious of others. Now, let's just be honest. Sometimes when we see some people going on vacation, it gets a little envious, doesn't it? Especially if you're not going anywhere. You're looking out there and they're on cruises or they're on a trip or on a vacation. But you're envious of others, of their, of their life, of their stuff. You lack empathy. That when people need help, you just don't have any empathy for them. Eh, well... You're never satisfied. That you manipulate others to get what you want. And this is so subtle. That you live in the short run, focusing only on your immediate needs. That you know no limits to get what you want. Now, I don't know if you see yourself in any of those things, but I'll give you a couple of definitions of greed. The first is this, greed is intense, selfish, consuming desire for more of something. There's this intense, selfish, I got to have more. I just got to have more. I need more. And, and listen, our whole culture is pushing more. That's why advertisers spend millions, billions of dollars trying to get you to consume more. We're going to talk about that in a second. But let's look at the next one. Greed is the result of a twisted heart bent on intensely finding satisfaction and excess, that I am not satisfied until I have more. Whether I have more than you or I have more than I need, I just feel better about my life when I have more. Now, it's not wrong to have more. I'm going to be clear. I'm going to, here's a couple of qualifiers. It's not wrong to have more. It's not wrong to have stuff. It's not wrong, it's not wrong to be successful. This is, this is not a, a message about that. But it's really about your heart being twisted to where the point of your life is simply to have more that you won't feel satisfied unless you have more. Now, here's the funny thing is that, and Jesus hits his head on. You ever had a moment in your life where you said something and you wished you'd have never said it? You ever done that? Come on, I do this all the time. This is the guy, I'm the king of this, y'all. I'm the king of this where I'll get in the car and Leslie go, why did you say that? I because I'm me. <laughs> 34 years, you got to get it. This is who I am. I'll say it. Sometimes I'll say it, and I'll say things in staff meetings. I'll say things. I, mean, I just do. I just say things sometimes, I just, and I regret it sometimes. Sometimes it's ridiculous. One day, Jesus enters town, and he's teaching, and a guy shouts out, Jesus, tell my brother to split the inheritance with me. And Jesus is super sensitive in everything he did, and look what he wrote. Beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Jesus is not sensitive at all. Can you imagine this guy? Jesus says, hey, tell him. He says, then Jesus said, beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Watch out. Life is not measured by how much you own. And I could see this guy getting on his camel with his wife and her going, what were you doing? I don't know. I have no idea. Thought, I thought I'd ask him. And then he told a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. And he said to himself, what should I do? 
I don't have room for all my crops. And then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Again, the guy's not wrong for being successful. The guy's not wrong that God, in their day, that when you were getting blessing, when you were getting, that this was a blessing from God, he says, then I'll have enough room to store all my wheat and other goods, and I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now I'll take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. That's, that's pretty strong. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. See, this whole thing about greed, this twisted part, is that we focus on the stuff that that becomes the point of our life, not our relationship with God. That you and I ought to live in such a way that we're made in the image of God, that we want to have a rich relationship with God. I want to have this relationship with God. I want to, I want to have this, uh, this time with God that, man, God and I are in communion together and community together and we're friends and everything. And I'm following him and I'm seeing him work in my life. But a lot of times we get twisted and the whole point of our life becomes about getting more stuff. That if we don't have more stuff, and we, we do, we look around, if we don't, have, we don't have more stuff, we think something's wrong in our life. Well, how do you untwist this twist? I'm going to give you three things here. Three ways to untwist a twist. The first is this. Don't get consumed with stuff. Don't get, and I know it's easy for me to say, this is hard to do. Don't get consumed with stuff. This is, uh, whenever Jesus talks about things, he, he is counterculture. This is counterculture. I'm going to tell you someone in our church who's counterculture. Y'all know Kay, who's on the worship team, who sings up here? You know what I'm talking about, Kay? He's the Asian guy that sings up here. Well, anyway, I've been to two meals with Kay in the last three weeks. I've been to two meals, two dinners. And you know what Kay does? He eats dessert first. I'm serious. I'm telling you. He said, he does everything we tell our kids not to do. Don't eat your dessert. Because why? It's for your supper. Have you ever seen how skinny Kay is? <laughs> I'm thinking about eating my dessert first, y'all. I've been getting this backwards. This counter, place counterculture. And, and anyway, Jesus is countercultural. The, the whole culture is telling you, hey, you need more. You need more. You need bigger, better, more. You just need more. You got to have more. That's what the culture said. Buy more, consume more, think about more. And let's be honest, whether you buy stuff or not, we think about it, don't we? We were talking about this uh, in our staff meeting. We were talking about this in our Better Man group that here's the truth about me. I may not buy something, but I'll look at some stuff, won't you? I will. I'll look at some stuff. And somebody was saying they would look on Amazon just to see it was on sale. Like I'll look at stuff. I'll get these things. I'll look. I'll look at boats, or I'll look. I'll look at a a, a, a four wheeler. I want a golf cart, or whatever. I, I'll look at that. I may not buy it, but I'm thinking about it. You know why? Because man, we could get to the point where man, we are thinking about consuming stuff. And Jesus tells us when the whole thing about untwisting the twist of greed in our life, that if we're going to twist this twist of greed, that you and I can't be consumed with stuff. Now I'm going to show you. This is, this is crazy counterculture right here. But this is not Gary Thompson. This is Jesus Christ. Here's what he says. Then turn into disciples. The first thing he addresses the guy in the crowd, says be careful about greed. Then he turns to his disciples. You and I are disciples. You're following Jesus Christ, you're a disciple. Turn to disciples. Jesus said, that is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to eat or clothes to wear. Hold on a second. Jesus says, hey, 
you shouldn't even worry about whether you're going to El Charo today. You shouldn't even worry about what you're going to wear tomorrow. This is countercultural. For life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Now, food and clothing were, uh, are the basic necessities of life. And Jesus says, hey, you don't even have to worry about the basics of life because your life is more important than all of this. And then he gives us two illustrations here. He says, look at the ravens. Now, a raven was a bird. It was, uh, it was an unclean animal. And, and G- Jesus uses an unclean animal. That, that in, in the Jewish culture, there were certain animals that were clean, certain animals were unclean. The raven is considered unclean. He says, they don't plant or harvest food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are more valuable than any birds. Jesus is telling us, hey, look, your focus shouldn't be on stuff. It ought to be on your trust in me to take care of you. Look, I'm telling you, this is, this is counterculture, and this, this is easy to preach and hard to live. But if we're going to untwist the twist in our life, we've got to get the place where, man, we're just not simply consumed by stuff. And then he says, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you are warriors? Let's just be honest. We've got some warriors here. Praise God. Let's, we're going to pray for you after the service. Here's what happens when you're consumed with stuff. You worry. You worry. You just do. You, when, you, when your whole thing is about having more excess, bigger and better, then you worry. And Jesus says, hey, you shouldn't worry. You should trust me that I'm going to take care of you. That if I'm going to take care of these very basic things in your life, I'm going to take care of the other things. Well, then he gives us this other thing. He says, and if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? That if you, if you can't worry to do the, the food and the clothes, then why are you worried about houses and cars and everything else? He says, look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon and all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And I want, to, I want you to hear this from me. Our problem is this. We don't believe God loves us. We think he loves us enough to save us. But we don't think he loves us enough to take care of us. Jesus says, hey, don't get consumed with stuff. Why don't you just trust me that I'm going to take care of you? Look, it's hard to do. I get it. Everything in the world saying, go this way, buy, 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 consume, get more. You got to have more. The one with the most toys at the end wins. And Jesus said, hold on a second. Won't you trust me? Again, it's not wrong to have stuff. I'm not saying never consume. But if the point of our life is simply consumption, we're going to worry. We're not going to trust the Lord. And then finally, Jesus says, and don't be concerned about what you eat or drink. Don't worry about such things. And listen to this phrase right here. These things dominate your th- the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your heavenly Father already knows what you need. That we ought to live in a way that we're trusting God not with the, and pursuing Him, not pursuing things. Which leads me to the second thing. First one's hard, second one gets even harder. Focus on the kingdom. 
you and I focus on the kingdom, that if we're going to untwist this twist, first thing is we don't let things and consumption of things and living to consume, that we focus on the kingdom. Now, how many of you remember when, uh, when you were little, and, and maybe you still are little, but anyway, and you bought Cracker Jacks? You remember Cracker Jacks? Man, I love Cracker Jacks. I know you look at me. I could eat some Cracker Jacks right now. But what's always at the bottom of Cracker Jacks? A prize. It was this prize. And so you'd eat through these Cracker Jacks, and you'd get this prize, and it would be like a little thing, like a sticker or a tattoo. You remember that tattoo? You get a little tattoo or something like that on you. And, and it was junk. It was. It was junk. And you bought this thing, and you spent your thing, and you got to the bottom. Look, I got this junk. And I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because I own some stuff. I have a nice house. We've got cars. I told you months ago I bought a boat. But I'm going to share this with you. Compared to the kingdom of God, it's just junk. It's junk. Years ago, Marissa got in a wreck, and I had to go to pull apart a salvage yard to get a door because someone was going to help me fix her car. And when I went out to the salvage yard, I look at it, there's thousands of cars out there. And they're rusted and beat up and busted up and been in wrecks and everything like that, just, just trashed. But at one point, listen, that car was brand new. At one point, that car was, at one point, that car was somebody riding around in the commercial, you know, got a new car. Jesus tells us that there's something greater than stuff. There's something greater to live your life for. And he tells us to focus on the kingdom. Now, look at the scripture here. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Above all else. Above stuff, things, everything like that. And he, he throws this in context of greed. This, uh, this whole statement is used in the context of greed. And he will give you everything you need. He says, you put God first and he's going to take care of you. And listen, this is what I believe. This is what Leslie and I built our life on. That we are going to put God first and he's going to take care of us. Now, it's not always simple and easy and clean. But you and I or to take care of his business, the business of the kingdom, focus on it, and he's going to take care of the rest. That's what Jesus says. Again, this is a trust issue. It's a trust issue. It's counterculture. Everything else in culture says, don't do that. Everything else in culture says, you take care of yourself first, and if anything's left over, then you give that to God. Then you do whatever you got to do. But you take care of yourself first. Jesus says, no, 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 no. This is how you do it. You seek first the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. Now, God will supply all your needs. I'm not saying he's going to supply all your greeds. So don't be afraid, little flock. Listen to this phrase right here. For it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Man, he's invited us into his family. He saved us. He's forgiven us. We're going to spend eternity with him. This makes him happy when we focus on this. Which leads me to the last one. Be generous. Be generous. Now, this is going to sound a little prideful, and take it whatever you want. But um, about a month ago, I let Cameron, Cameron's car broke down, and I let him use my mom's car because she's out of town. And he told me the story that I'd let him use the car. Well, anyway, after that, they had, I think they had a problem with their mower or something like that. And Cameron had been telling Charlie, his three-year-old, that I had helped them. 
that this, you know, Mr. Gary let us use his car. Well, anyway, their mower had a problem with their mower, and Cameron was talking about it, and Charlie said, well, maybe Mr. Gary could help us, which I love that, y'all. Listen, look, let me tell you the truth. That's who I want to be. That's really who I want to be. I want to be generous. I want for people to think that when they get in a bind, and you may not think this about me, this is what I want you to think, that if you get in a bind, I'll call Gary. That's what I want. That when you think of me, it's not with a tight hand, but it's with a loose hand. Not for me's sake, not for me, not so some kind of pride, because that's the, that's the picture of God. That God, when he, when he deals with us, it's not tight-handed. It's not tight-fisted. It's not. That it's always open-handed with us. That he sent Jesus to the cross, paying for our sins, not because we were good people, but because he loves us. Loose, open hands. His hands are open. Open hands, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. You got a problem. You got a need. You got an issue. You got something going on in your life. You need something. Man, I'm here for you. That's what God says. You partner with me. You believe in me. I'm going to take care of you. That's who I want to be. I want to be generous. In the scripture here, Jesus says, it's harsh, isn't it? It's hard to do, man. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. You want to untwist greed? Here's the truth about greed. This is going to hurt your feelings. Whereas pride, you're not sure if you're prideful or not. Let me tell you how you can show, know if you're greedy or not. I'll just tell you right here. Get on your bank account and look and see how much money you've given away this month. If you've not given any away, then I would say you're greedy. You can take it or leave it. The Bible talks us about being generous. That you and I are to be generous people. Look at your bank account. You want to know if you're greedy? You want to know if your heart's twisted? Is that something that matters to you? Look at your bank account. Where are you giving money away? Jesus says, sell your possessions to give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. That we, we're not taking any of this with us, but we're going to send it on ahead. We're going to send it on ahead. We're, we're planting seeds that are eternal. And the purses of heaven will never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Years ago, Marissa made the competition cheerleading team at Eastside. This was a long time ago. I was trying to remember how many years ago. I think it was like 14 years ago she made this team. And we were super excited she made this team, and then they told us it was $1,000. $1,000, y'all. You made the competition cheerleading team, it's $1,000. I was like, say what? <laughs> I mean, I'm really happy for you, honey. <laughs> say what? $1,000. Well, in that moment, they had my daughter, and they had my wallet. And guess what? I was, go Eagles, go Eagles. Go east side of you. I was at the competitions. I was doing the wave, the cheerleader wave. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever done that? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be. The battle of your life 
in our culture is always, one of them is always going to be greed. There's no way around it. Everything's pushing you to consume, to have more, bigger and better. Look, I'm not against bigger and better. I'm not against stuff. I've got stuff. But the focus of your life has to be, what does God want me to do? That He has given me these things. And if you say, I work hard and I'm smart, let me just share a couple things with you. God gave you the smarts and he gave you the ability to work. And he gives you the opportunities. That you address this to, hey, I don't own this stuff. I'm the manager of it. God owns it. And he expects me to be generous. Not as a punishment for me but because it's a better way to live. And man, here's, here's what I want to share with you. A couple of things here. Untwisting this twist. How do you do it? I'm going to give you two things. Start becoming a percentage giver. Leslie and I give a percentage of our income each month to the church. We, we get paid twice a month, really. So twice a month I'm giving money to the church. Becoming a percentage giver. You know why I put this in here? This is not because I want your money. I don't want your money. I could, listen to me. I could care less about your money. This is God's church. It's not mine. I'm not wanting you to give so that we can have more and do more for my sake. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me on this. I want you to become a percentage giver because I want you to trust God. I want you to see that he cares about you. He didn't just save you. He cares about your finances. He cares about... What's going on? He cares about your needs. And he wants to partner with you to meet these needs. And when I give a percentage of my income to the church, guess what? I am focusing on the kingdom of God and seeing him move and seeing him act. And so the first thing I'd say, become a percentage giver. You, and in the Old Testament, the percentage was 10%. I'm not telling you to do 10%. And so you may sit in here and go, I can't do 10%, but guess what you can do? I don't care who you are. You could do 1%. You could do one. You could say, I'm going to give God 1%. So if I make $100, I'm going to give him $1. I'm going to give him $1, and I'm going to live off 99. And I'm going to trust God. And once God proves himself to you that he is capable of, of sustaining you and taking care of you with 99, then you move to $2 and go 98, $3.97, till you get to a point where you are naturally a giver, where you're trusting God with a percentage of your income, realizing that it's all his anyway, and I'm just a student. This breaks the cycle of greed in your life. I'm telling you, it does. It does with me every time. And there's times where I think, well, I'm not sure about it and, and, and the enemy will get in my mind, but no, no, no. I've given over and over again, I've given to Christ and his kingdom, and man, he has blessed me in so many ways. And Rick said it this morning, if you can't, you're not going to outgive God. You're just not. You may think you are, but I'm telling you, he is going to take care of you. And then the second thing is this. Look for ways to bless others. Look for ways to be generous. So you become a percentage giver, whatever that means for you, but look for ways to bless others. Look for ways. And here's what I tell people. Set aside some money. Set aside $5, $10, $20, $50. Keep it in your truck or in your car. Because guess what? There's going to come an opportunity that you're going to, somebody's going to need stuff. They are, they're just going to need, they're going to be in need. And you, most of the time when that happens, if we hadn't set anything aside, we go, well, I'd really like to help them, but I don't have any money. Have it. You go, boom, I got it right here. I love those moments. 
I do. I love those moments. I love those moments. Somebody sometimes will need something, and less than I, I'll say, hey, someone's trying to go on a mission trip. Man, let's help them. Let's bless them. Let's give them some money. Let's do this. Let's, let's go and help someone. Let's, let's do this. Let's do that. And it all costs. And you've got to have, but be a person who wants to be generous because God's been so generous with you. Now, here's the last part. Hard message. Totally counterculture. I get it. Let me share something with you. Try it for 30 days. Try it. I guarantee your life will be better. You're going to be a better person. You're going to be happier. Have you ever, ever met a person who was generous that was miserable? I'm, I'm serious. Have you ever met, boy, they were, they, were, they were so generous, they were miserable. No. You meet people who are generous, they're like the best people in the world. Like, man, come on, I'm banned today. It's the kind of people I want to be around, aren't you? It's the ones that are greedy, that are miserable. Come on, everybody's on their own. Nothing against that. Let's be generous. Let's focus on the kingdom. Let's trust God, allowing him to untwist this thing that gets so twisted in our lives. We're going to close out with a song. I'm going to be praying for you. Listen, I want to say this. I thought about this yesterday. If you've got a need in your life, a physical need, but man, you, you need God to come through for you. Man, come up here and pray during this song. Just you and the Lord. I, you're not going to pray with me unless you want me. But you, you want God to come through for you. Ask God to help you. Trust him. Say, God, I'm going to trust you with my finances. I've never done this before. I want to trust you. I believe in you. Make this, make this thing where you're, you're stepping out or whatever, or you need God. But we're going to close just with this thought, yes, I will. I'm going to do this. So I'm going to pray for you. Father, we come to you. Lord, None of us want to be greedy. We don't, Lord. None of us want to be that. None of us, none of us want to be known as that. There's, there goes the greedy so-and-so. Lord, we want to be generous. We want to be like you. We want to find joy in giving of our resources and trusting you and watching you work in our lives, believing that you can do more with us when we have less. Lord, I pray for every person here today. I pray that the message is clear. That you want to untwist this twist of greed in our life. So Lord, I pray for those that have never been percentage givers, given a percentage of their income to your kingdom. And Lord, I pray for those that have never just wanted to spontaneously be generous, that they would do so, that they would start preparing for that. Just to give money away, not so that they can get glory, but so that you can. Lord, untwist it. And may others see Christ in us in the process, and may we see it and experience it too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us and say?